All right, shall we stand? We're shifting gears tonight, and we're probably going to put in four-wheel drive a little later. So, but we're we're missing some, and so Brother Adrian's on the piano tonight, and so I'm going to cover for him, and my wife is downstairs covering for somebody on the piano down there, and uh, so and I'm going to lead in the singing, so I'm going to need you to really sing loud and beautiful and on tune to help me, and uh, and if you could to pick songs that <laughs> there's some songs in here that I'm not familiar with so if you want to risk that you're welcome to do that and then come up and help me so I think that'll pretty much settle it but oh it's been a good day today thank the Lord for his goodness to us let's bow our heads for a word of prayer father we do thank you today for all the blessings for your presence for your help even for the still small voice that has spoken today and for your word and your spirit that has led us today. We just appreciate you, all that you do. We ask you to be near us in this service tonight. Lord, we pray you'd be with the choir as they're out, and we ask, Lord, you just keep your hand upon them, give them traveling mercies and help them in their service even just now. And then the children downstairs and the service that they're having right now, we just pray, Lord, you'd be with them as well. Thank you again for all that you do, and we're trusting you now for this service. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. All right. I want to mention to you about our cheerful giving every year. Of course, we do the cheerful giving. We ask for $5 in a card um, and then a card to each one of the persons on the list. And the board tries to get together and decide um, who to put on that list. So we've done different things like we've done home missions. We've done foreign missions. Um, we've done Penview faculty staff. Uh, things like that. Well, when we met this year, um, we felt like it would be nice if we would uh, put the the workers that are involved in the ministry uh, downstairs for uh, the last year or so. And uh, I mean, it's been going on longer than that, but we we tried to get as many that we could as that have been involved for a while. And so they're on the cheerful giving list. Those that's why those names are compiled. And that list is posted on the bulletin board, but also there's some, there's some individual sheets out there if you want to take one home. So um, if you want to give uh, toward that. And so what we do is bring those cards into the church, and then we'll package them all up and uh, put them you know, together in, a, in an envelope and give them to each one of the recipients that will be receiving them this year. So Christmas card with $5, and sometimes some choose to give more, and that's perfectly fine as well. But we'd like you to uh, support everybody on the list. I think there's 12 names, which is what we try to get to. So if you do all $5, it's $60. So that's just, uh, nowadays, that's just a Big Mac and a large fry. So uh, you can help us out. We would, uh, we would appreciate that. And we really do appreciate all those that are involved. In fact, um, we have some, some new ones even that are getting involved and helping with it. And we do appreciate that so uh, much. So um, tried to work through there and... and uh, and let's do be praying for them. I don't know what the number was tonight. Total was uh, up in the 20s again on the bus. So thankful for that. While I'm thinking about that, I would ask you to keep it on your heart to pray for us on Tuesday. There's a sale on Tuesday um, that we're, we'll be watching for a van. Brother Eric and um, uh, uh, Benji will be watching for this van. It goes through at a sale. It's one that we're interested in. And uh, so we've watched several go through this sale, and they all go very high. But if this works out, it would just be wonderful. It would be a nice van for us. So we, we, we haven't given up. We're still looking. And uh, so different people are looking for us. So if you 
pray about that. If it's the Lord's will for us to get that van, it would just be, uh, it would be nice. All right, number 15, number 15. In the Christmas chorus book. have a song from either of our course books page five okay joy to the world page number five <clears throat>
It's okay to say amen on a Christmas carol. Praise the Lord. Joy to the world. Praise his name. He makes, he comes to make his blessings flow. Where? Far as the curse is found. Amen. God has a long arm, doesn't he? He can reach even to the lowest of the lowest. Praise his name. Praise his name. Anybody else have a one? Or a word of testimony. Anybody with a word of testimony? You want to start out your December praising the Lord. Seven.
unfortunately, Rupert Cravens had a high voice. <laughs> or else L.L. Hornsby did, so. All right, anybody else have one? Uh, number 19. <clears throat> O holy night.
Well, if I sing there very much longer, I won't be able to proclaim. Some of you are trying to pick the high song so I can't preach tonight. But, uh, yeah, Adolf Adam, what a guy he was. So that's a good song, good words, and a good tune, but it, it needs lowered for me. Right, I'll give your voice a break. <laughs> Testimony on your heart? All right. Oh, boy, folks, I hope Jesus isn't listening in whenever that happens. I sure hope he's not. But anyhow, he's a, he's a prayer-answering God, deserving of our praise. Uh, if he's done something in your heart, you ought to have a testimony uh, that once in a while you share, you know, once a year, and the year's almost over. But uh, he's good to us, isn't he? And he does answer prayer. Um, page number 31, Adrian, if this doesn't go too high, I think. <clears throat> page number 31 in the, in the uh, Christmas book. Is that too high? <laughs> okay, all right. Let's stand together.
be seated. Praise the Lord. Thankful for those Christmas carols. I mean, as we go to prayer tonight, um, let's do remember the ministry going on downstairs. Remember them in prayer. Let's remember those from our church that have been sick. Sherry uh, Vincent, remember her still. Brother Charlie Bowser, um, remember him. We're good to, glad to see Brother DeStefano uh, with us uh, tonight. Let's do keep remembering them in prayer. I know others have been uh, facing different things. I know some's got some procedures uh, that are scheduled and others have some tests uh, that are scheduled. And God is aware of all that. And we just pray and, and uh, trust him. He's the great physician. All seeing, all knowing, all powerful. And I like this one. Ever present everywhere. Omnipresent. And uh, he can go with them. We think about uh, Dave that has surgery. I think on Thursday. On Thursday, right, Jerry? Open heart surgery and Guy Singer. Uh, one fellow from our community here. And we just ask you to remember uh, him in prayer. Lord would continue to help him. He's had open heart surgery once. He has to go through it again. I ask you to remember Pat and her family in prayer. Lady from here in New Columbia, we've been praying for. I ask you to remember her still. Do you have any requests on your hearts to mention tonight? Ellie? Stephen. Stephen? All right, let's remember Stephen. Let's keep remembering Anna in prayer. She's doing better. She's walking, uh, getting away from her walker some, walking with the cane some, walking sometimes a little bit without anything. And, uh, but let's do continue to remember her. Uh, Lord would help her still. Okay, yep. Travis coming home tomorrow, some, or coming back to the States tomorrow. And uh, so let's remember him in prayer. Was there another? Penview Musical. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Let's remember them and their choir service tonight while they're out. Anything else? Special unspoken. I have a special unspoken, and I ask you to uh, remember it's just it's a, a spiritual need for for an entire family, and uh, just there's so much involved there, and yet uh, I know that God has been working and helping. I know the devil's fighting. Anytime somebody inches toward Jesus, it just seems like the devil comes in full force, and uh, but I know that God is bigger. And so I ask you to remember this special request as well. Others by upraised hands, I'm sure, other needs on our hearts. So let's all we can, let's kneel tonight. Brother Ed Schultz, will you lead us in prayer? Let's lift our voices together. Let's pray out together. Saved, right? Because somehow it helps us to do our, our part. And Lord, we 
been thinking today a little bit about, you know, this world, in some ways you look at this world, this world can be described, there's a lot of descriptions that can be given to this world, but sometimes this world can be described as a terrible place. We think about all the hurt, about all the bitterness, about all the pain, about all the agony, about all the anger, that the terrible things that men have done and men, men do. Look at the news just as an example, even in our own community, crimes that are committed in those things. And thought about how often we long sometimes just to go be with the Lord, to escape this world because of, because of sin and because of how terrible it is. Yet Jesus left heaven to come to this world for us. What a Savior. That's an amazing, amazing thought. How, long, how much we long to go there because how much better it is. Yet he left that to come here on our behalf. Friends, I give him praise tonight. I'm thankful for Christ tonight because he did that on my behalf, for me. He didn't have to do that. didn't have to leave heaven. I didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve him to come and suffer the way he did, but he did. I'm thankful for Jesus this evening. He's worthy of praise, worthy of worship, worthy of honor. We serve an amazing Savior, and we have a reason to celebrate this Christmas, the incarnation, 
and the marvel, the miracle that it is. A couple of announcements I mentioned this morning, of course, coming up December the 13th is the Christmas caroling. A week from this Wednesday at 6 p.m. we'll be meeting here at the church uh, to go out and carol throughout our community. So we invite you all to come, up, come um, to that. Probably dress warmly. We'll see what the weather is like here in another week and a half, but we're looking forward to that. Of course, time of fellowship and food afterward at the Spanglers. There's a sign-up sheet back there that you can sign up to bring snacks on so we can have an idea of, of all that is coming. But we invite you to that. Looking forward to that. Hope you can make it um, to that to that event. Of course, the church Christmas program, December the 17th in the evening, 6 o'clock in the evening. Looking forward um, to that. The Christmas cookie outreach, I mentioned this morning for the bus ministry. Uh, kids, if you're able to help us out with that, if you would like to get involved by, by putting your baking skills uh, to the test. By the way, I got cookies in my mailbox today. Someone baked some of, our, some of my cookies, and there were three cookies in the mailbox. So I, was, so I got home. I tried this out. I thought, hmm. So I took a nibble of it. I thought, oh. That's not it. I told my wife, I said, that's not as bad as I expected it to be. She took a nibble of it, spit it back out, and said, that still is pretty bad. <laughs> so if someone else would like to make a bunch of cookies for the Christmas cookie outreach, we'll sign you up because apparently I failed in that endeavor. Um, but we're looking, forward, we're looking forward to that. Hope you can be part of that. I know that's a blessing. I know last year, Jeff and Britt and, and whoever was passing cookies out, and the look on, their, they talked about the, the reactions they got, got, just the astonishment that someone would care about them enough to give them a plate of cookies around Christmas time. You know, I, I hope that our church can be that light to those families this Christmas. And so if you're able to help us out with that, there's a sign-up sheet looking for 50 dozen cookies uh, to pass out to, to, to the um, children, to the families in the bus ministry. Of course, the cheerful giving was already mentioned, but if you don't have a list of those individuals for cheerful giving, I believe back on the foyer table there are those leaflets. Ushers, if you'll come, we'll wait on you for the evening uh, tithes and offerings. Colin, would you ask God's blessing on the offering, please? <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you for your giving. No special tonight. Isn't that special? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because, because we used the special from tonight to help us patch together this morning. And uh, I thought maybe I could twist Carrie's arm into singing again, but she just put her foot, she just put her foot down and said no. Not really, but all right, uh, two passages of scripture tonight I want to look at. Uh, let's stand together as we turn both to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Let's go to the New Testament gospel of Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. His name is Jesus. Oh, you can never make too much of Jesus. Can't talk about him too much. Can't praise him enough. Jesus. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Over in Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6 gives us some detail about this child. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Brother Eric, yes, bless you on this message. Lord, we thank you for this privilege of being in house tonight. We thank you for all that you've done for us. Yes. Brother Denver already mentioned your grace for reaching down to us, and we didn't deserve it for it. We thank you so much. We pray to give Brother Spangler tonight. You would help and strengthen him as he delivers the word you've laid upon his heart. Lord, open our hearts, open our ears to the truth, Lord, and help us to walk in the light of it. We thank you and praise you for all you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I suppose it can be said here of America now for sure that to most, Christmas is the time of the year to um, celebrate gift giving and receiving, uh, you know, gifts that are received. We think about lights and decorations. Adrian already mentioned about uh, the lights, and they are beautiful. Now, I'm not for sure that I get a real strong spiritual application out of a great big blow-up snowman that I saw uh, the other day. But uh, they are they are beautiful and, and uh, nice, and they remind us of the light of the world. They remind us of the light of the world. And uh, so, but, you know, that's really what it is to a lot here, and there's a lot of shopping, bustling, and going, and doing, and buying, and baking, and uh, a lot of family tying together, a lot of fun tying together, a day or two off work, or maybe more for some, uh, which is nice. It's a great time for gathering a family. 
uh, and friends, and that's always nice to get together at uh, Christmas time. For many, many years, uh, my wife and I, as we were raising our family, we would kind of alternate between her parents and my parents. We would go to Lancaster, Ohio to be with my folks one Christmas, and the next year we would all go up to uh, Albany, New York, area Dwaynesburg, New York, to be with her parents. And uh, then that kept changing and changing and changing. And so uh, last year would have been my last year, our last year to go away like that, uh, to be with my dad. And uh, and he's gone on now, so things are going to change. And now um, I'm, I'm hoping that the kids just decide to come to our house every year for Christmas. Well, I know that's not possible because they're all married, you know. So, uh, But it is, it's a nice time to get together, isn't it? Christmas is a nice time to uh, get together and uh, just to relax and enjoy it. And yet, to a few people, it's so much more than just that. And uh, to be sure, uh, to the Christian uh, person it is. The joy of Christmas is about the promise of a Savior uh, being brought to reality. It's about a promise that had been foretold, uh, shared long, long, long ago. But all of a sudden it came to fruition and it happened one day on that first Christmas morn. And what an exciting uh, time uh, that was. And we celebrate it not just for the short season of December, uh, but the whole year long. As Christians, we celebrate it the whole year long. Sometimes in services such as this, we celebrate it, and sometimes through song and things. But, you know, really the reality is we celebrate Christmas, if we're Christians, in our heart the whole year long. The fact that this is why Jesus came. You know, it's just easy to get up in the morning and thank him. Thank you, Lord, for your protection over me last night. Thank you for watching over our home. Thank you for giving us a roof uh, over our head. Thank you for, for the food in the cupboard and in the fridge. And, and uh, thank you, Lord, for shoes on our feet and all the many blessings. But, Lord, thank you most of all for your presence yes. in my heart and for the fact that you saved me from sin. And I don't have to worry about what sins I'm going to be ensnared or trapped in today because you came to deliver us from that. So we can celebrate Christmas every day. And uh, we can praise the Lord for uh, Christmas time every day of our lives. Well, my wife and I were traveling in full-time evangelistic uh, work before we moved out here uh, to New Columbia area here in Pennsylvania. Um, we were traveling, and then we would be home about Thanksgiving time, somewhere like, you know, Sunday before Thanksgiving. We would stop usually and come home. And uh, we'd be home through Thanksgiving and, of course, deer season. Try to get some deer season in there, and then we'd be home uh, through Christmas time. And so while we were home, we attended church at Brother Graybill's church uh, there in Salem, Ohio, the Wesleyan Methodist Church. We have a lot, a lot of friends uh, there. And it was, I can't even remember now for sure, but maybe 20 minutes or something like that uh, from our house. And it was a country drive from where we lived. And actually the people where we lived, the house where we were living in, uh, rent-free because of being in evangelistic work, they attended that church as well. But So um, that's where we went to church. And uh, several years they had a live nativity. Now that's interesting, I think. It's, it was enjoyable. Uh, did a live, now it's not as an elaborate as the one we, that they do over at Beavertown Church. Uh, we didn't have a, I think it was kind of a homemade barn type thing they had set up and straw and and uh, various things. And somebody did bring in animals and, and such like that. But it was just a, it was a great time. So one time we were home for that at least once. And uh, they were asking for people to say they needed help. They needed some more people to sign up for the live nativity. So I'm thinking, yeah, we could do that. Sure, let's do that. So uh, we decided we would sign up. And uh, I always wanted to grow a big full beard. <laughs> and so we signed up for it. And uh, we were Joseph and Mary. And uh, we just, it was nice. And uh, so we 
came and did our part, you know, and walked and and uh, it was just kind of an exciting time. I didn't do it for this reason that I'm going to share with you. I didn't even think about this reason because I didn't even know that this this reason was a reason. Okay, I didn't know this was an issue. But I want to talk to you about something that happened to me that night that really brought to light uh, to me as an individual uh, something that can happen if we're not careful. Uh, something that can happen in our lives. And it's not that we want it to, uh, and it's not that we would ever wish it to, but it just can happen because of the nature uh, of humanity. But it was during this time that we were participating in this, uh, and I enjoyed playing the part of, of Joseph, but it honestly brought the story to life afresh. I, I've known the story all my life, it seems, but, I mean, it just kind of brought the story uh, to life, all the parts of the skit or the play uh, or the live nativity um, that we did, it brought it to life in such a way that I hadn't experienced uh, for some time. And um, I, I guess I thought about things that I never really thought about before. I, I, I could just imagine how overwhelmed but blessed Joseph was uh, throughout the thing unfolding. I mean, I, I tried to put myself in his place, and I tried to think about all the steps as we were preparing for this, you know, and before, before it started, and, and while we were going through this, tried to prepare myself for all the steps that Joseph must have made. I tried in my heart. I, I still do that today. I think about uh, situations today, difficult situations maybe that friends face. And I think oftentimes the best thing for me to do is to, before I give any advice, if I'm asked for advice, before I give any advice, try to put myself in their shoes. Just try to put myself in their shoes and say, okay, now if I was in their shoes, um, because that's so important. I think sometimes in life it's easy just to kind of throw it out. But unless you understand where somebody's at or where they're coming from, and you can't necessarily really put yourself in their shoes, but you can take your mind and pause for a little and pray for a little while and say, Lord, now if I was in their position right now, if I was facing whatever it is, open heart surgery, or if I was facing a situation like this in my uh, family, or if I was facing a difficulty, how would I uh, react? What would I want? Um, the Bible kind of gives us a little instruction along that way, doesn't it? It says something to the effect like, uh, maybe you should do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. Right? Are you familiar with that? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. And so, you know, we think about, well, sometimes in order to be able to practice, to put that in practice, you might have to become them for a little while and just, you know, maybe absorb their situation the best you can, at least in your heart and in your mind. So thinking about Joseph and thinking about the fact of no uh, room in the inn, thinking about the stable in the barnyard, thinking about the shepherds that came and they're, they're so excited to tell their story, thinking about that and then thinking about the star, uh, thinking about later on the wise men coming and the gifts and thinking about each one of the individual gifts. All these things were happening in my mind as we're preparing and participating uh, in this live nativity. It wasn't just kind of a light dress up thing uh, for us. Uh, we spent time thinking about it. And honestly, it was, it was so absolutely amazing and exciting that God, the Father, was verifying his birth of his son to, to, to Joseph in so many places along the way. 
You know, first of all, he, he, he calls him aside, and through a, a measure that we read about tonight, he says, now, now Joseph, uh, don't you mess this up. This is, this is my will. This is my plan. Joseph, with a good heart. Joseph had a good heart. Joseph, with a good heart and fine intentions, I, I would even say uh, good, wholesome intentions, could have stepped out of place. Let's put it that way. But God... God just advised Joseph through, through an angel, through a dream. God advised him, Joseph, this is my will, and uh, you be careful here. And that's always beautiful uh, about serving Jesus because he speaks to us through a still small voice. He speaks to us through the whisperings of his Holy Spirit in our hearts. He speaks to us through his word, speaks to us through a song or through a message. Because he doesn't want us to get out of line. Even people of good intention. God speaks to us that way. And so it was exciting to realize all the places where God was working uh, with Joseph to fulfill God's will. And then uh, when I think about all these things, it was almost like, now, now Joseph, if you still got questions or doubts, it's time to get over it now. Because God has verified, 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 and verified. You know, folks, sometimes it's time for us just to get over it, sometimes. God reveals something to us, speaks to us about an individual issue in our heart, uh, about a family matter, about a situation. God speaks with us and deals with us. And uh, maybe it's something that he doesn't want us to do. Or maybe it's something that he wants us to do. Sometimes there comes a point, there comes a place in our life where we just have to say, okay, God, I'm not going to wrestle with it. I'm not going to question you about it. It's what you desire. It's what you want. Uh, I just, it's, it's yours. And when you have evidence after evidence after evidence that continually points that direction that this is what God wants, uh, you know, the quicker you can get your hands off of it, the better off you are. You understand where I'm coming from? The quicker you can just back away and say, okay, Lord, even if you don't understand. Joseph didn't understand all that was happening. But the quicker we can get back and say, Lord, I don't understand it all, but I, you just seemingly keep telling me and showing me and evidence after evidence that this is your will. So I just relinquish. I just give everything over to you. Well, come to think of it, wouldn't it be great around the church world if we could somehow get over our doubtings and our wonderings and realize afresh the Christmas story was originally written by God himself for the purpose of lifting all mankind out of sin. You know, because sometimes, church, if we're not careful, we see people and we almost could feel maybe they're just this hopeless case or maybe it's been so long and we've prayed for them for so long and they seem to be no closer to God today. I think sometimes it'd be just good for us to back up a little bit and say, Lord, remind me of the Christmas story. Remind me that you came to save uh, all people, all mankind out of sin and out of turmoil, that you came to deliver all from death and destruction and even hell. I tell you, it's true. He brought joy to the world when he came, didn't he? And a whole lot more, too. Besides that, he brought joy, but he brought a whole lot more. And sometimes... I think, oh, if the church world could somehow get a brand new uh, 
get, get beyond just the story that we know by heart and get a brand new realization on what God really wants to do. And uh, if, a professing, if professing believers could just let go and let God have his wonderful way in their lives. I'm talking about church people. Professing believers, they could just let go and let God uh, have his way. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes when things happen in life that are so difficult and so uh, tough to go through, sometimes it's hard to let go. Even as a Christian, even as a person with good intentions, with the right desire and a heart to follow God, sometimes it's hard to let go of some things. But boy, if we can and let God, oh, how much more wonderful it'll be. What a difference we could make, we as the church world, as, uh, uh, as our world is so full of bad news every single day. It's just, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Because they've pushed God away. But we've heard the good news. You and I have heard the good news. And the good news that never gets old. We don't ever want it to get old. So when I went through that little episode so there in Salem, Ohio, what God did to me was he kind of uh, refreshed the whole story about him coming. All the miracles, all the things that had to line up. Just the, the story of the star itself is an act of God moving and working to accomplish his purpose and accomplish his goal. So the good news, we don't ever want it to get old. And for me, it was that nativity, uh, uh, live nativity that we were a part of that refreshed the story in my heart. And I purposed then, I purposed back then, it's been years ago now, but I purposed back then, Lord, don't ever let me get to the place where it just becomes complacent, where it's just a Christmas story. I told my wife when we came here to pastor at New Columbia, I said, you know, when it comes to Christmas programs, I don't want just a feel-good story about something with Christmas. I want our Christmas program to always include the Christmas story. Not just a Christmas story, but the Christmas story. To always be about Jesus. And uh, I, I know there's so much that happens uh, during this time, and people can do it however they want to, I guess. But I just think, you know, for us as a Christian church, really, that's the greatest story that we can... Now, we can tell it in different ways. We can tell the story in different ways, but we don't ever want to forget the truth of the matter. We cannot afford to let it grow old. The only answer to all of the world's problems, the only answer to all of the world's problems is the Christmas story. That's it. All this that's happening over in Israel right now, in the Gaza Strip, all that's taking place over there, do you know what, folks, if somehow or other people would just set up and pay attention to the Christmas story. You want to have a ceasefire? That'd create one. You want to see prisoners let loose? That would happen. And from the big scale there to the little scale here, wherever it might be, if we could just get back to the basic Christmas uh, story, it would do so much for our world. And then when we come here to the little, kind of the finer points of Jesus, uh, as shared by Isaiah over here in chapter uh, 9 and verse number 6, I want to talk to you for a little bit about those because this is what makes it uh, beautiful to me. First of all, the scripture there tells us, wonderful counselor. And John Wesley said this, um, <clears throat> Because he hath been the counselor of his church in all ages and the author and giver of all those excellent counsels delivered, not only by the apostles, but by also by the prophets 
and hath gathered and enlarged and preserved his church by admirable counsel and methods of his providence and in his word hath in him all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In all those areas, God's been involved. God's been working through the through the apostles, through the New Testament preachers, through the old prophets. God's been involved, in all, and God's going to be involved for us today. He is a wonderful counselor for us today, us in our church world, us in our church organization, the God's missionary church, us in our local church, us in our homes, us in our hearts. You may prefer to consider either way, and it really doesn't matter. I kind of like to look at it both ways in a sense, but you can think about wonderful, and then you can think about counselor as two separate characteristics of God, or you can link them together. Some feel like maybe in the original, uh, that's how it was uh, indicated, that they were linked together. I, I would probably lean that way uh, for the simple fact that all the other titles, the other three titles that we're going to touch on, were all done that direction. But uh, in fact, I, I, I do kind of, though, I like it both ways. I like to think of this. He is wonderful. I have found Jesus, this one that came into my heart, this one that came into the hearts of every heart that's allowed him. I found him to be wonderful. I, I think that that word sums up a lot of it, but just doesn't tell the story, does it? I guess it's just about the best word we could use. He's just so wonderful. And it is so very, very true. But not only is he wonderful, he's also counselor. But not only is he wonderful, and not only is he counselor to advise us and help us all along the way, I want to tell you folks, he's wonderful counselor. So you can look at it both directions. And when I could not find my way, he stooped down and showed me my way. When I couldn't figure it out, didn't know what to do, he explained it to me. Can I tell you he's a wonderful counselor? He's got the answer if you have questions. If you have struggles, if you have difficulties, he's wonderful. He can counsel you. Learn him and enjoy him. Truly, he is wonderful. Scott said this. He said, he is wonderful in his person, Emmanuel, God and man. And in this love, this story of love and mercy, and in his hatred of sin and righteous regard to the holy law, he is wonderful in his compassion, even to the vilest of sinners. Lord, help us as the church to remember that. He is wonderful in his majesty. He's wonderful in his humiliation, in his perfect righteousness, and in his willing sufferings, and in the method which he used to, to baffle Satan to overcome death, to reconcile divine justice and mercy, and establish his kingdom by dying on the cross in every part of his character and in every part of his work, we can just say he's wonderful. You know, this is a very basic thing to say, but I'll just tell you what, God got it right. God got it right when he came here as a babe to save us from our sins where are without excuse? And also his glory, it's, it's incomprehensible for no man knoweth but the Father. And secondly, the second thing I see here from Isaiah is he's a mighty God. Now he was born a child and children are cute, they're adorable, but they had to be fed, they had to be taken care of and, and uh, we, we do our best to raise them. But it's neat to see them develop, isn't it? Isn't it nice to see them develop, see them start doing things on their own? I get tickled uh, an, an awful lot. Uh, I watch my little grandkids. 
I know, folks, I know you've, you're thinking, boy, the worst thing that's ever happened to him was he became a grandpa. But I'll just tell you what, I watch him and I just think, I think, wait, it must be that I'm so old now that I'm a grandpa, I'm so old to become a grandpa that I say, Sherry, I don't remember, did our kids do that? I, I say that often. You know, did they, did they, I don't remember. I just, I'm just, I just enjoy it. Really, I just enjoy it. You know, there's no uh, really responsibility on my part. If there's trouble, I say, come and get them, Dad. Come and get them, Mom. But, uh, I, you know, when they're children, they just need so much done for them. But it isn't long until they start uh, doing things on their own. And isn't that exciting? Yes. I mean, I think it's neat when they get food, real food. I don't care for formula. I mean, I've never tasted this stuff, but I just don't care for it. I don't know what's in there. I just, it's not for me. But um, thankfully. But uh, I like when they get food, although some of the food they get, I think, ooh. I saw, I saw a little container of carrots the other day, and it just didn't, there's no, just, it just didn't, it was, I think it was 90% water. And it just didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't interested. But I like when they get real food. We watch them develop, you know, and they get teeth. Isn't that neat when they get teeth? Is anybody else simple to life like me? Boy, they get teeth. Then they start learning words. I like that. I think that's neat. I, you know, this is, a, this is a thing. You could say, Brother Spangler, you are so childish. Fantastic. Because I love when Jay says, Papa. I like that. And he said it the other day on live stream here at our church when he came through the doors back there. He said, Papa. And live stream listeners heard it. And they knew who was in that. Just cute. <laughs> you know, they start developing words. I'll tell you what, folks. It's kind of hard for me to put Jesus in a baby, as a baby in a manger sometimes. It's just hard for my mind to wrap around that. that he started out in all those. He had to be taken care of. He had to be watched over. And uh, somebody had to feed him along the way. And eventually they gave him some Gerber cereal and, and got him through and kept developing and kept developing and kept developing, evidently at a faster pace. than Because remember, uh, the, remember the scribes and some of those around, the, the scholars were surprised at how much he knew. But he developed and he developed. But you know what, folks? Don't leave him in the manger. He's not a babe anymore. And he doesn't need... Somebody to take care of him. He does a little baby. No, he, he's a mighty God. He's our mighty God. He's one with the Father. He's equal to the Father. According to the, the beautiful mystery of the divine trinity, the three in one, he possesses all divine attributes. And he exercises them through his human nature. And therefore, he is mighty to save his people and to vanquish and to destroy all enemies. All of their enemies, all of his enemies. He's a mighty God. He's not in a baby now, uh, not just a little baby laying in a manger. I want to tell you something. He is a mighty God, and he will fight your battles. Jesus will fight your battles. He will also hold your hand. He will also whisper sweet peace to you. But he's mighty. Third, I notice everlasting father. He is also the everlasting father, the, the second Adam, the Lord of heaven, the everlasting father, the scriptures of the whole church, which receives its spiritual being, life and existence through him. 
Just like the whole race of men derived uh, their existence first from Adam. Now Jesus is the author. He's the author of eternal salvation. One writer said it this way. The author of eternity by whom the church and every member of it shall have immortal life. And as he hath loved his church with an everlasting love, so will he forever live to bless it. Praise the Lord in our day, 2023, he's alive to bless his church. Oh, hallelujah, what a savior. He is truly from everlasting to everlasting. Jesus is eternal by his own existence. He's eternal. And don't you ever forget it. He's indeed the giver of eternal life to all, everyone who desires it. And then lastly, according to Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6, he's the prince of peace. And to me, this is where it gets real personal. This is where you, you taste it, you feel it, you sense it, because it happened to you. I can't really explain it, but oh so glad that we can experience it. The wrestling, the uncertainty, the restlessness, actual fear of eternal damnation, the thought of being in hell forever and forever in utter darkness, in an unquenchable fire. You know, when I was young, I thought about those things. I mean, late Friday night into early Saturday morning, I thought about those things. I thought, man, what happens if I die tonight during the night? I'll drop into hell. And I thought about the things that I heard as a little boy in Sunday school. I mean, I'm not talking about the preacher in church or revival or camp meeting. I'm talking about a little boy in Sunday school. I thought about the things that I heard about hell. And these years later now, in my late teen years, it came back to me. It came back to me. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't want to die in that condition. I did not want to die. I was fearful. I thought, if I die tonight, that's where I'll go. Oh, I believed in heaven. And I believed in hell. That part was settled in my heart from a boy. But I can remember waking up 2, 3 in the morning, tossing back and forth on the bed and praying little basic simple prayers like this. I'm sorry, Jesus. Can you help me to get out of this? Can you help me to get through this? I'm sorry. Many were the promises I made on my bed to say, I won't do it again. But you know what, folks? When you're trapped in darkness, you do it again and again and again. So you have that wrestling at night. This is where it becomes personal. Jesus, Christmas, the manger, the baby, the story. This is where it gets personal. Praise God for one Friday night when all fear was wiped away, completely gone. I can't even explain it. I can't tell you, but I can tell you this much. Friday night, I still got home late in the mid-hours of the morning. I can still remember that part because it was three hours home. But I can tell you this much. When I pillowed my head that night as an 18-year-old born-again believer, I slept like a baby. I didn't wake up in the middle of the night and wonder where I would go if I would die. I woke up the next morning praising the Lord on a Saturday morning that I was a Christian. Something had happened in my heart. I could hardly even explain. I went to church the next morning. I was the quietest of quietest. 
I went to church the next morning, Sunday morning. They weren't even asking for testimonies. But the word had got there before me. And people were meeting me and greeting me at the door. And as soon as I could, during the adult Sunday school hour, I testified like a big ball baby. And I said, thank you, folks, for praying for me. Jesus saved me. And I told him, I said, I've got peace in my heart. I've got peace in my heart. Wow. The Prince of Peace became personal. Became personal. Oh, I love the Christmas story. It, it works, doesn't it? It works. All that that I feared had left, and this deep, settled, wonderful peace came. Came at the moment I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. The Bible became more than just a book at that time. It became a lifeline. The Bible became more than just a book to... And, and I did read. I tried to read even as a sinner. I tried to read this book. I didn't get much out of it, but I tried to read this book. I knew that I should. But after I became a Christian, after the peace giver came into my heart, his book became a lifeline. And its verses actually became personal. This very verse that I shared tonight from Isaiah became a personal verse because those things as they described Jesus became reality to my heart as an 18-year-old boy. Peace. Peace became a personal presence. Now that might not mean much to you if you didn't have much havoc and trouble and chaos in your life. But when you never experienced peace and was always watching over your shoulder and wondering what was going to happen next, and you didn't have peace, I want to tell you, when peace came flooding in and that other went out, you knew something was very positive in your life. Acts chapter 10, verse 36, the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace. But not just preaching peace, it says preaching peace by Jesus Christ. That was long before he got here. But Jesus was coming to bring peace. Then we get over to the, to the Gospels and we think about uh, John chapter 14, 27. Peace I live, leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. It's a remarkable thing when he delivers you from fear of dying. It's just remarkable. Psalm 85:10, mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. I tell you, he brings peace to our hearts, to our minds, peace to our conscience, peace to our fears, peace to our doubts. Jesus just brings peace to every part of our lives. But not only does he bring peace, he leaves peace with us. We can experience his peace every day. As a legacy in a believer's heart is what he leaves with us. He literally saturates his children with a rich, deep, encompassing, enduring peace. Praise God. That's what Christmas is all about. No wonder the songwriter said this. Wonderful, wonderful Jesus is to me. Counselor, Prince of Peace, mighty God is he. Saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise his name. Don't allow the story to become old. 
Don't allow it only to be told. Experience it today and enjoy it for all your tomorrows. Let's stand. Brother Paul Smith, will you dismiss us in prayer? Father, we thank you for the privilege to be here in your house today. We thank you for your love to us. We thank you for your protection. We thank you for all the blessings you have sent our way, and especially as we think of this Christmas time and the most blessed one that could come. We thank you. And we pray now you'll be with us each as we go our separate ways this evening. Guide and guard, correct and help us. Hold fast to you. Keep close to you. In Jesus' name.